back to everybody. It's another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. We're here today with Clint Haler from Western Kentucky University for another one of our student manager interviews. We're going to be talking to him today about his experiences there with the Hilltoppers. Clint, why don't we get right into it? Just go ahead and tell us initially a little bit about yourself, what got you into equipment, kind of how you're how you're in the role you're in now. So um, I'm, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I've decided to move down here to Bowling Green. I've been living down here for two years now just to kind of be around football um, as much as I can. Um, so the way I got into equipment is in high school, I played football for two years and decided I, I had enough of football, transitioned into lacrosse. I played lacrosse for four years. Um, lacrosse just didn't go the way I wanted it to go, didn't get really any looks from any colleges. So I decided just to go to WKU, didn't really plan on doing like fraternity or anything, just was going to be a normal student. And then I just started to miss football a lot. My best friend was on the football team. I would always go and support him. I started missing it a lot. And I had to find a way to get back into the sport. So I was talking to my parents. I was like, look, I, they're, it was a good year for them. I think it was 2015, 2016. They were going back-to-back conference USA championships, back-to-back bowl games with Jeff Brom. They had a good team. And so they were kind of getting known out there. And so I told my mom, I was like, I think I want to try to somehow be a part of the team, whether it's trying to become a student coach or whether it's equipment. And well, WKU is, we're kind of known for being like one of the first teams to have Chrome. And we're like the only team to have the Chrome helmet as our primary helmet. So I was always thinking like, how cool it would it be to be the ones responsible for making the team look sharp every Saturday for the games. So I, I just, I, I emailed our athletic director, Todd Stewart. I, I just went, went for it. Didn't know if he was going to respond or anything. Just probably another email went to his junk. Later that day, I get an email back from him saying, email Brian Dittmer, who at the time was the head equipment guy for Western Kentucky. So I emailed uh, Brian Dittmer. And he got back with me, him and his assistant, which was Tyson Street at the time. And I, they just said, here's a rundown. We're not really hiring right now, but if we are, uh, you'll be the first one to be introduced. And so later, later as the year went on, my senior year of high school, Tyson Street called me and was like, hey, you still interested? And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. So he kind of went through the process. Hey, we, we're the ones that run practice, set up practice um, when it comes down to the games, uh, make sure the helmets look good, jerseys on shoulder pads, stuff like that. And I was like, awesome, this, this is going to be cool. He was like, oh, I also forgot to mention you're going to be on a scholarship. Not much, but you're, you'll start off as one. And I wasn't in it for the scholarship. I just wanted to find a way back to football. And he was like, and you'll get free stuff. This was that next year is going to be our first year going into Nike off of Russell. We just got a new deal with Nike. So he was like, it's going to be awesome. You're going to get a lot of Nike free stuff. I was like, oh, sweet. So he says, you'll report July 27th around that. That's when our managers come back for camp three days for the team. And I never really saw myself as an equipment manager as a career. Um, I actually started out as majoring in broadcasting i always wanted to be a sports broadcaster i always thought that would be cool the ones up in person with all the athletes and stuff like that so 
I went through my freshman year, the fall semester, did the season. We it was a we knew coaching staff because Brom just left for Purdue before that season. Mm-hmm. So we had Mike Sanford as our coach. And it was it was a good season. We went six and six in the regular season. We ended up going to the Cure Bowl. So going to a bowl game for our first, for my first year, it was a it was a blast. We unfortunately lost, but it was a great experience going to a bowl game. And so after that season, I I was just thinking, I'm like, this might be something I want to do for as a career. So I just took winter break, um, took the next semester, spring semester, and First, I decided to sign up for a sports management class. So I was like, maybe this is something I want to do. There's a major for sports management, WKU. So my first day of class, I went to a bunch of these broadcasting, photojournalism classes. And then my next class was like a sports management class. And well, that teacher, um, his name's Terry Obi. He's a great guy. Played played uh, in the NFL. He's played at Oregon, played for the Bears, uh, used to coach here. And... He was just telling us like what this could, what doors could potentially open being a sports management. So after I got out of that class, this is literally a Tuesday of the first week of our spring semester. I, I called my parents. I said, I'm changing my major. And they're like, whoa, wh- why are you changing? I was like, I-, I think sports is what I want to do for my career. And they're like, well, this is a, this is a sudden change. You've only been the so one sports management class, why are you making this big decision? I was just like, well, last year was just such a blast. I had great memories, made a lot of friends from it. And these just the broadcasting classes are just kind of made me feel like they're taking me away from football because mm-hmm. I have to go into the studio and start recording and have to skip practices. And I was just like, I, I don't want to do that. Um I, I'm in a good position where I'm at with football. I'm, I'm really liked there, and I don't want to ruin anything, burn any bridges by skipping practices. And so she was like, all right, you do you. So I went back and forth, went to my advisor, told her that, gave me a piece of paper, went to a different advisor, we signed this, and it was just a hectic day. But after, after that, I've decided that equipment has been what I want to do. So... Moving forward to today, I feel like with my boss and the assistant, which is now Ben Hayden's our head guy, and then Josh Peterson's our assistant, they've really brought me under their wings and they've really taught me as much as they can because Ben was a student manager at Michigan State, went to the Rose Bowl when he was there and won it. After that, went to the Tort Lions um, and then was like the assistant at Akron for a little bit. And then Josh just came from Colorado. So they've kind of been where I want to be up in the power five NFL level. So they know how it is there. And so they've kind of brought me under their wings and shown me different things as, um, different style face mask, different style, like, like the little things, gloves, cleats, different style jerseys, especially our head guys, very big on like the different style of like jerseys. He can point out like, Oh, that's a different stitching. That's different material he can do that and I, I want to get to that level and so they've they've let me like kind of put together the order form for next year like I was the one that ordered new girdles for everybody I put it together and then he approved it obviously but new practice jerseys for everybody so the, he's kind of taught me things that other managers probably don't really know yet at this level so that's kind of like my experience right now um 
another thing that I'm fortunate about is that when we got this new coaching staff, which is Tyson Helton this year, our previous head guy, like I said, Brian Dimmer, had to unfortunately take another job uh, out like further away. So he had to step down, make him our head guy. And at that time, I was the O-line manager. Um, love the O-line. They're great guys. But Ben was just like, I'm down. Like, it was just really sudden. It was after our first game, Dittmer was gone. And so Ben became the interim head guy, no assistant. And he was like, well, during practice, I can't follow head coach around, like Helton around because if somebody needs me, like for an equipment thing, I can't just leave him. And so they picked me to be the one to follow Coach Helton around all season with the air horn, the I'm in charge of the clock and everything. And it's a uh, I I like that a lot. It's it's a lot of pressure. I was so nervous the first day. I followed him everywhere and he just kinda turned to me and was like, You know you don't have to like follow me every step I take and I was just like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. And and so I've been doing that all last season during the bowl game. I was excited to do it for the spring game. And it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and I'm honored to be the one that they chose to follow the head coach around. And um, it's it's kind of a thing that not really all managers get to do, especially a student. It's mostly like the head guy or the assistant or an intern that does that. And so I was lucky enough to get that experience my junior year last season. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, to get. Um kind of that inside perspective and get to work on more of the business side. I mean, you're definitely seeing things that not a lot of uh, students get to see and, and do. So, uh, you know, I think that'll help you a lot moving forward whenever it is that, you know, you get through this season and, and you graduate uh, looking for a job. I mean, that's something that you'll be able to talk about and, and people will really take notice of whenever it comes time for that. Yeah, so with your experience now, are you just football or have you gotten any experience with Olympic sports or kind of what's been your, your role so far as a student manager? So the way WKU is uh, set up is that football is the only sport there that has its own equipment aspect. So like basketball, baseball, their ops guys are also their equipment guys or one of their assistant coaches is their uh, equipment guys. So we're the only sport that has an equipment department for it. We are trying to move into that part where there is an Olympic sport. Like one guy oversees all of, all of sports. Like I know Oregon, there's a big one that they they have a an area where they oversee like baseball, volleyball, and basketball stuff like that. We're trying to transition into that, is what I've been told. But uh, so. With experience, I haven't really had anything with other sports. I know the uh, the equipment guy for baseball, he's a great guy, Gaston. He comes over a lot to our equipment because we, we have heat presses, and he loves like heat pressing stuff on, doing different ideas. So he's a – I know him. Uh, he's a great guy. But other than that, football has just kind of been the only sport I've been in. That's interesting. I mean, that, that, that every department's different. We we always talk about it, and everybody has a different way of doing things. So that is one thing I will say that maybe, obviously, I don't think you'll have much of an opportunity with at, at WKU where you'll have a chance to work with a lot of other sports. But you know, be if you want to be football focused, definitely be football focused. But don't hesitate that if you know you get an assistant job and they're like, hey, in the off season, you know, in the spring 
take over these couple of sports just to kind of take care of their ordering and stuff because then it gives you a much bigger perspective as to what all is going on and if your your end goal is to be a head guy someday i mean you're going to need or you're going to want to have a little bit of experience with some other sports to just kind of know how they operate everybody operates differently and uh, you know the seasons and the demands and what what they're looking for um everybody's going to be a little bit different so look at it i mean if like i said if you want to stay a football man stay football focused i was football focused for a very long time um it wasn't really until i mean i worked with some other sports but it wasn't until i got to or you know basically past cincinnati that i really started working with a lot of other sports but let me ask you this and i know you kind of touched on it a little bit but so far you know what's really been kind of your favorite part of the job and what you look forward to every day or kind of like the, the highlight of of what you've been able to do so far my favorite part of the job i would say is just going in knowing that what i'm doing really isn't a job to me like you know that saying if you're having fun it's not really a job type thing like i have such a great relationship with my bosses that they don't feel like my bosses like i can just joke around with them i can hang out with them because they're they're kind of like our assistant's like 20, like 24, 25, and our head guy's like 30-something. So I I like to hang out with them a lot as much as I can, go golfing with them. So I just love going in. This summer, I don't, if you, I don't know, you probably don't follow our Twitter account, but this spring or whatever, when everything kind of was like slowing down, we decided to just clean out our garage and make a manager lounge. So... We had a bunch of, we have some couches upstairs and we asked our operations guy, Hey, are, are you all using them? They're just in the hallway. Can we, can we take them? And he was like, yeah, sure. Take them. So we have these, this one area, it's, it's kind of hidden when you walk into our garage, but we, we kind of moved some shelves back and put two couches in there. There's a mini fridge in there, Xbox, there's a TV. We got lights that go with music and stuff like that. Lockers are back there and it's kind of a mini lounge and we're like, this is this is cool. So it's so football is kind of a home away from from home for me. It's it's just fun to go in, hang out with friends. All the managers are great. They're all friends. The players, they love coming back there and hanging out with us. It's just kind of a hobby for me. I love every day, waking up every day knowing that I get to go into football and just have this experience because there's some people out there that that aren't lucky to have this uh, type of experience that I get. So I, I just love going there and just hanging out with everybody. And I just look forward to it every day. It's it's kind of sucked right now with everything going on. Our whole spring practice got cut off and and I just can't wait till July. We just they just put out a statement saying play like some players are allowed back June eighth and then the rest are after July fourth. But I'm just excited when everybody gets back, all managers, everything. Yeah, it's a really weird time, especially for an industry that that revolves around you know the people and the people that you work with and the, the student athletes. Because you're like you said, you're so used to being around all of these people at all times. And I mean, even with the the football players, a vast majority of them are are hanging around during the summer and they're working out, taking classes. So I mean, you're seeing them every day when you're in the office. So it's it's a really really weird time to say the least. Definitely is. I think we're all just adjusting however we can. Hopefully we have fall sports as normal. But I know on this podcast, mostly what we've covered has been, you know, how is this going to affect full-time people and 
jobs and furloughs and the student athletes. And, and one thing that does get kind of looked over is, you know, the people who, who have so much enjoyment behind the, the job, like the student managers and the student athletic trainers and all that, where they've got another semester of just doing schoolwork online and not having anything to look forward to with, with practices and games and stuff. That's not any fun. So I definitely feel you there. It sucks. <laughs> who uh, who would you say has been your biggest influence on you now since in your young equipment career? For sure, our head guy, Ben Hayden. So his first year as the assistant was my freshman year. And going like going towards like in freshman season, I, I just kind of made a joke with him. He'd always say, hey, can you do this? Or, hey, guy, can you do that? And I just called him. I was like, do you even know my name? And he was like, it's John, right? I was like, no, it's Clint. And so after that happened, we just kind of like had a great bond. And he was one of the main reasons that influenced me to become sports management major and then um, going on to be a equipment manager for a career. So I told him, I was like, hey, my classes end at 1230 every day. If I come in early, like go get lunch come in about one. We, we usually don't have to report till two 30 on practices. If, if I can come in like one, like can I do some extra work around here or like, can you all, can you teach me some things? She was like, Oh yeah, of course. So I would always come in and do some extra work, label, label t-shirts, put names in t-shirts, help do the laundry, stuff like that. And over the years, I just kept doing that, kept doing that. And he was just like, you're like one of our go-to guys. We know that we could trust you. And he says, I, I, I see a bright future in you and as, as equipment. And I was like, yeah, I, I really want to do equipment, but there's just things that I don't know yet, like face masks. That is the one thing I cannot get down. As much as he teaches me face masks, that is one thing that I cannot get down. And so over the summer, I, I told him, I want you to challenge me. I want you to just pull every style face mask we have out. We're going to put sticky notes on them, and I'm going to memorize them, and then we're going to take a quiz. So he's been kind of the one. He's brought me under his wing. He's teaching me everything he knows. So if it wasn't for him, I don't think I would be where I am and have the passion for being equipment that I do right now. That's awesome. I mean, there are how many different helmet companies and 30, 40, 100 dang face masks for all of them. So, yeah, I mean – Learning that and and just the the different way that they note different things and like S two B D W S P and like all that different stuff. It's there's there's a lot that goes into it and you know they can't keep the same name for it because that's specifically for a speed mask and then when you get to the flex it's S F two B D W. So I mean it's just it's for the for those of you that don't know about that type of stuff. I mean it is there are so many little different things to remember and. The fact that I could just pull that one out of thin air right there actually kind of scares me. But um, <laughs> it's been, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a few years for me that I, that I had to to remember that stuff. But so you're you're coming into your senior year, assuming after this you're going to either be looking for some type of internship, maybe a GA spot, assistant job, whatever it may be, whatever comes available. Uh, you know, the the one thing that we've been telling guys is apply for jobs. I mean. Apply, 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 apply. Because the worst thing that's going to happen is if you don't get the job, you might get some interview experience out of it and you're going to get a little bit more comfortable in those situations. And uh, that's the one thing that I always tell people is try and get as comfortable as you can 
talking with people and being in front of people you don't know to try and kind of push your image, who you are and, and talk about yourself. I mean, that's, that's one thing that Scott and I said that we, when we started this, we wanted to be able to, to work with you guys on some of that type of stuff too. So speaking on that, what are your thoughts on, on, you know, certification and, and that whole process? And are you going to try to, to work towards that when you graduate and, and get done with everything or, you know, what, what's your plan for that? So my boss, he is a AEMA certified. Um, my assistant is, or the assistant is too. And so I, I was, been kind of asking them like how how is the process like i'm already a member did i paid the fee online and everything i'm already a member but i'm not certified yet for obviously because you gotta graduate and i was just like how's the process he was like well it's a lot different than what you think it's it's more based around all types of sports than one sport like you'll get one random hockey question in there like how do you fix this blade or stuff like that so there he told me that there's a book that you can buy and everything. Um, and he said that when I sit down, like we'll sit down one day, pretty just, much memorize the book. I mean, yeah. when it, when it comes to it, 90% of that test comes from the book. About 10% comes from the, the journal articles for that particular test session, just as a FYI. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so my, the assistant, he, he says he's has like these notes, everything highlighted. He said, he'll, he'll let me look at his notes and stuff and highlight my own things in the book. Um, just to help me get to it because he's, it, it's one of those tests, right? That where if you fail it, you got to pay again to t- retake it. Is that how that goes? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times schools will, will pay for the first time, uh, if you can get them to, otherwise, you know, if you, if you don't pass, then, you know, the next one's on you. So yeah, just <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. So I, I plan on taking that when I feel ready. We were planning on going to the convention this summer. Down it was down in Texas, right? And then we were also planning on going down to the uh, CoachCom convention because I'm in charge of doing CoachCom upstairs. So they wanted to take a student that's in charge of that because we were pl- we're planning we were planning on getting in a whole new system like everybody's been getting, but um, with everything going on, we had to push that back another year. So we're we're going with the old system still. It's it's no longer under warranty. Something breaks. We're 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 looking for help if something breaks is what we've been told. So I plan on getting more familiar with coach Com after I graduate and for sure the certification, I feel like that'll help me. And that's a great resume booster. Yeah. I mean, soak up the coach Com stuff in general. It, uh, it was always a help. I mean, I, that was something that when I was a student, I was all about it. That was back before, God, it was almost two, two cups and a, some string whenever I was, Student. Uh, I remember having to run a stadium wire all the way around Sanford because their press box sat so low. Our coaches literally sat on top of the press box and I had to drop wire out of a window and literally run about a thousand feet of wire from one side of the field all the way around to the other side of the field. Good times. <laughs> you still have to do that at some places and it's not fun. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, FCS level, FCS level, we're looking at you. Get it together. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I was listening to your all's podcast about the bowl game, and y'all said the Cure Bowl had some problems, and that that happened my freshman year. We just lost signal, wireless signal. Started plugging in wires, walking wires, and I was in charge of, you know, I'm, I had the wire for our our offensive coordinator, and players are stepping on it. And he's 
he's a crazy guy moving up and down the sidelines and and it things happen um i know at fiu we literally have to put coaches out in the stands because they have seats for three coaches and we have seven so i literally fed wires through the window and they're sitting in a stadium seat outside and i'm just <laughs> dude that's amazing and, and i don't even want to get started about the bowl game this year the first responder bowl at smu that was the whole bowl get the whole bowl experience this year was not fun. I'll tell you that that it was. It's a challenge. I mean, it's it's a definite challenge. They're all unique. It's you've got a place that either doesn't normally host football games, or it's it's nine times out of ten not hosting a team it normally hosts. So you're going somewhere that you might not normally go, and there's always quirks with that. Um, it's it's usually ironed out a lot more if you go to an out of conference game and it's someone you've never played. Well, you're at least playing at someone else's house and they can kind of help you through and troubleshoot. But if if you're going to say like SMU and you're not playing SMU and you know they're at another bowl game, they're not there to help you out with with whatever quirks they may have. So it's definitely an interesting experience. I think that bowl games, I mean, they're only growing, so they're only trying to find more and more places that can host these games and i think the bowl games are just one of those that it's it's such a headache but man there's there's things in there that like you're a week of just often hell for equipment but you may get one or two things in there that that are fun memories that you're going to keep and um you kind of look fondly on it after after you get back home and the dust settles a little bit yeah, I mean, you got to pick up for an entire week and go to a different place, and chances are you're going to be practicing at a high school or some other random setup. And I mean, I, I remember because when I was at Cincinnati, we went down and played SMU, and I know that that setup and that whole situation is just a pain. That's yeah. just the easiest way to say it. And their locker room, I mean, their visiting team locker room, it was like two different locker rooms and like tight hallways and all that stuff and like open doors. It was just really weird. And, um, you know, it, it didn't make for it didn't make for an easy situation, and I would imagine with a ball game when you bring everybody and their mother to the game, uh, that locker room situation gets really, really, really tight. We we had four locker rooms for that because I think it's like their like men and women's soccer team locker rooms right there. So we put the coaches in one. We had yep. we put like our normal players that kind of like are going to play in the main one, and then our injured or non eligible players in the women's or whatever the men's soccer locker room and it's just fitting everybody in there we were lucky enough for that bowl game to practice at their indoor so we were lucky we didn't have to take the trailer to a whole nother stadium stuff like that we were able to set up after that practice before the game and we were lucky because western michigan they they actually had to practice at a high school so i don't know how we pulled off the indoor but it was nice because all like all three days, it was either raining or it was cold in there down in Dallas. So I mean, not what you're expecting in Texas too. You're like, come on! Yeah, it's like, of course, we're here three days out of the whole year, and we came and get good weather. Sucks. Yeah. So moving on, then. I mean, you're you're just a senior, and and you're going to be a senior, so you haven't had to think too much about this yet, but. What, if anything, do you know about the interview process? Have you had maybe any inter- interviews with any internships at other universities? What, what do you know about this higher ed athletics kind of interview process? Because we've been asking everybody this, and, and some people know a little, some people know nothing, um, but it, it's a beast. So we like to make sure everyone knows that up front. Yeah, 
luckily that one of our classes this that WK offers does a seminar for on it's, they recommend taking it your senior year but I took it junior year and all you do is really sit down they just chew you up for your resume make sure everything looks good have what you have on there what is needed and what is not type thing and then at the end of the year like they make us go in and do a fake interview so luckily the class that I took, it was in the fall. They made us interview as if we were interviewing for a um, director of operations for the college football playoffs type thing. So they sat us down, told us, asked us questions based on it. Like, oh, what do you know about the college football playoff? I had to say some facts. So I've just always been told no facts about where you're interviewing. So if I'm going to go interview like up in Louisville, just know that, oh, I know Scott Satterfield's the head coach. Just got off of a great season, went to the Music City Bowl type thing, won that. Um, so I, I've just always been told no facts about where you're being interviewed at. I've, I've had some interview process. Like I, I did a last summer, I worked for the Bowling Green Hot Rods, which is a minor league team here, uh, single A. And I just went in. I needed a summer job, get some money and. I was just trying to get a different sports perspective, but I ended up just being a grounds crew, but interviewed that and that was kind of different. But as far as the interview process, I haven't really got any experience for equipment interviewing type thing, if that makes sense. It's all been for other aspects of sport. Yeah. The the, the process is, is different. We'll say. And the one thing that we've always noticed and I've interviewed for, for jobs outside of equipment and obviously hold a, hold a job outside of equipment now. But the one thing that I always tell people to, to be ready for is it's basically a, a nine to five. Um, I mean, you're, you're there all day and it's not just, you meet with one group of people and sit down and talk and it's, you know, they fire questions at you. It's four to five different groups of people, different positions, different coaches, administrators, and you might hear a lot of the same questions, but they're they're going to pick your brain about anything and everything that you may know, uh, so you you kind of have to be on point for for a literal full day, and I think you're you know usually the one saving grace is whoever's hiring you, whoever like the, the head equipment manager is or the administrator in in charge of you know for if it's for a head position, it's usually an administrator making that call. They'll take you to lunch, and it's it's a little bit more laid back, and in that what I've always said is that's where they try to figure out your personality and the type of, the type of human you are. Cause uh, you know, if, if your personality is matched, that's going to put you at the top of the stack immediately. Cause you don't want to work with somebody that you can't get along with, you know, you definitely don't. And I think we, we've said it on some other ones, but you know, they definitely like you if you make it that far and it does feel like speed dating and it's a lot. But I think one thing that I, we haven't really mentioned yet is that, while it is stressful and there's a lot that goes into this, um, it's a long day and, and mentally you're pretty fatigued at the end of it and you're just kind of over it. The one advantage to it that you don't necessarily get with, with other industries or if you don't, if you take a job, I mean, I've gone and gotten a job without doing it on campus. If you don't do the on campus, one thing you don't get is you don't get as much of a feel for the place. So if you go and you spend you know, a nine hour day um, and you go out to eat somewhere, you go tour campus and you talk to people from 10 different departments and, you know, six coaches, whatever crazy itinerary you may have. By the time you leave there, you feel like you've got a pretty good feel for where you're potentially going to be deciding because 
there's two sides of that coin. I mean, if they choose to hire you, you've got to choose to accept that job. So the more information you can get going into it, I mean, I've made that mistake before where, you know, I'm lucky to have worked the places I've worked, but some of the challenges that went into it, I was like, I did not think about this. I didn't do my research. Wow. I don't own anything that, that is more than a light jacket and I'm moving to Montana from Georgia. Like that's, you know, things that it started snowing in September and it didn't stop. And I said, I'm in trouble. Um, so there's things that, that, you know, if you go for an on campus and you talk to people and you spend a whole day there, I think it's good. You get, you do get a feel for the place and where you're going to choose to work. So it's really something to kind of look for that upside when, when you're going through that, that long day and you're like, God, am I, am I, is it time to go home in? Hey Scott, let's, um, let's take it to a quick break. And, uh, you know, when we get back, we can talk a little bit more you know, about what, what Clint's been doing and kind of his ideas. We'll get into some other questions and then we'll open it up uh, to see if he has any questions for us about, you know, just, just the equipment life in general or interview stuff or certification, or if he wants to tell us that we suck at our jobs or, you know, any of those types of things. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back guys. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, we're here with Clint. We're going to dive back in, get a couple more questions in. And like I said earlier, we're going to open it up to him to see if he has any questions for us. But, you know, what I want to, to kind of open up with, and you touched on this a little bit kind of with your opening there, but what level, you know, do you eventually want to work? And I know you're working technically what would be considered like mid-major at this point. You know, it's Division One, and you guys are competing and you you play some big games every year, but... You know, where where would you ideally like to see yourself or you know is there is there an end goal i i would love to go i mean it's like everybody though would love to go to the power five um i i've always been a big louisville fan born and raised in louisville um i just remember the good years charlie strong years teddy bridgewater going to the sugar bowl that year um and then him leaving, getting Bobby back, and I was hyped for Bobby, and then he ended up being a bust at the end. But then I believe in Scott Satterfield, and it's kind of hard to say right now because we have one more year playing against him. Um, we're on a three-game contract with him. But I, I would love to end up in Louisville. Um, I, I've known uh, a lot of guys I went to high school with are were or still are equipment managers there. So we always do a big trade when we go up there, big, like, give them clothes, balls, oh, yeah. of that. And I, I just, I've always wanted to just work there, but I, I've always loved to travel too, though. And so leaving home and leaving the state of Kentucky, I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay if I have to pack up my car and move down to Arizona or something like that. So I would love to stay in division one. If I can, I know that it's not guaranteed whether like just because you went to a division one college and was a sports uh, student manager isn't guaranteed that you're going to stay in division one and stuff like that. And I know that there's lower levels and there are jobs out there too. So I'm never going to deny the fact that, Oh, I'm too good for division two, II, division three, stuff like that. But I, I, I personally would love to be division one power five, stuff like that. But I know if, if a job comes, and it's my last resort, then I, I have to take it. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, and, you know, some people might 
might not take kindly to what I'm about to say, but it's the God's honest truth. But there are schools out there that are stepping stones, man. And taking a job to get an extra year or two of experience before you can get to that power five level, like right out of school, there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's done it. I mean, we've all, we've all done it. I mean, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. Unless you're taking like a step down to like D2 or D3, then it might be a little harder to get back up. But I mean, going from that to even like FCS, working with some of those schools and, you know, there are, I mean, there are some programs there that are running at, you know, what, a, what would be considered a division one, you know, FBS level. So, um, you know, it's good that you, you can kind of see that and, and realize it, but you know, it, it, they've got the best playoff system too. So they have a real playoff system. It's not four teams. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm partial to that. The head coach you're talking about sat, uh, I'm a app state grad. He was, he's an app state guy and, you know, through and through. And, you know, a lot of those staff guys, he, Scott doesn't love that because he's a Georgia Southern guy and we used to whoop up on them all the time with that. But yeah, he's, he's a heck of a coach. And, um, the, the football ops guy at, at Louisville was my boss when I was at app. He's Josh Thompson. He's an awesome, awesome dude. So they have, they have a really, really good group of guys there. So that'd be really cool if you could get up there and work with them. I'll tell you, their their staff is a lot nicer than previous staff just because I run – also during game games, I run football. It's on the away sideline for our team. And the previous staff, they were just tear, like pushing us out of the way because Bobby was just so paranoid with the ball guys. And we were told that – like we were told, hey, just stay away as much as you can from them. And there would just be times where, I, where we couldn't, like the – play would be where he's standing and their strength guy would come up and be like, Hey, just stay back, stay back and like push us out of the way. But I love Satterfield and their staff. They, they were great guys when we played them and I'm looking forward to playing them again this year, back up at Louisville. Yeah. They'll, they'll have a pretty good squad. So you guys, hopefully you right. guys can, you, hopefully you can shock, shock them, but <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So next we have kind of Patrick's question here. He likes to ask everybody. I think we kind of have to, given the name of the show. But what would you say has been your best example of other duty as assigned? Where maybe it's um, for you, it was building a clubhouse in your uh, in your <laughs> your equipment. But that's a little different. But other than that, no. What would you say has been the thing that you've been asked to do that maybe is not in the typical job description of an equipment manager, but uh, that you've stepped up and and, and done? Um, I would have to say I kind of turned into an electrician. Uh, a few times as at, uh, for example, like I'm in charge also of grooming the field. Like our coach loves when the field looks good for practice. So we have a, a gator and then we have a, a brush at the back of it. And so there was a time where, um, we were backing the brush back in and it got off the, the trailer hook and it just ran, it went down the, down this ramp we have and it ripped the, uh, the thing that lifts up and down off. I'm like, Oh God, like I just broke the thing. So I, I went and I was like, well, there's only three wires they are yellow, blue, and red. I'm like, well, let's see if I start touching them together. What happens? And basically became an electrician there, started fixing things up. And then another example would be at, at the bowl game. Also like for coach com, we, we were told going into like, Hey, they're you're in the away press box, but it's kind of messed up. We had a, I can't. I can't remember if they said they had like a storm hat come in and like the wired the wires got wet or something. And so your your, your dry pair got wet. Yeah, the the things that are supposed to not get wet. 
And so our coach comm guy, uh, Eric, he was like, hey, take this tool. It's like a little wand. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. He goes like, when I stick it into the A, you stick it into the A. Like he's down in the field putting it into the connection. And then I'm up on in the press box putting the connection. Like, and if it starts ringing, then we have some source of electricity. Like, I don't know if you, like you said, I don't know if you've been to SMU or their way press box, but there's like so many different outlets. Like it's ridiculous. And I don't know why, like we only have six outlets that we need, like, and they have like, so many and so I'm, I'm putting it like in different outlets and um we're finally like one's one's working one's not so we put like one into like three and stuff like that um and nothing's working like that was the thing like we got our offensive side working but our defensive headsets weren't because i guess the way we had it plugged up and the ring downs weren't working and so that i mean that's another story like I literally did not get out of that press box until the team walked onto the field. I was up there for probably three hours just trying to figure out getting our headsets trying to work and we could not figure it out. And that it was a disaster. So I would say like other duties as a sign would be an electrician. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. Very well could have been your last day on earth, but Hey, you got it working. <laughs> exactly. Touching wires together is, uh, is not, advised i would say by electricians but it worked out for you and here you are <laughs> you're so still, li- still living and you didn't get shocked so that's, that's a win for for that category right there luckily osha does not listen to this podcast oh yeah, yeah we're, not, we're not big enough for that it's okay <laughs> we'll get there um but yeah let's you know let's kind of open it up for you and maybe see what questions you have for us about you know just equipment in general or interview process certification or just anything that's kind of been on your mind as you kind of get close to finishing up your student work. So I I like to hear other experiences from other student managers and um, other programs. And I really haven't talked to anybody like lower than like the power five group five type thing. So my question kind of be like, what are some like experiences that you feel like have made you who you are like today? Like with the lower levels. I mean, Patrick working with me made him the man he is now, but. That's why so many people hate me. (laughs) Fair enough. Touche. No, I mean, I I came up as a a FCS student manager, transitioned to G5 right before I ended my last two years at at Georgia Southern. We, We moved up. But being FCS, I mean, I think you wear a lot more hats. There's not that big of a difference for you G5 schools. I mean, Western Kentucky might have one of the better budgets, you know, as compared to, I mean, I don't know, I'm going to throw another school out there, but maybe like Rice, just from having more success. And I mean, Chrome helmets aren't cheap. We all know that. But I I think still what you don't get at, you know, Western Kentucky that you do get at, say, like some of my students in Montana State, I mean, they primarily worked football and they were at football practices. But I mean, we had one equipment room for 16 sports there. No, 13 sports. So they were coming in, you know, they were helping us pack women's basketball up for road trips. You know, I mean, we were we were putting their stuff in bags, hanging their jerseys back up after home games. You know, they one of them would stay and help us work basketball or volleyball games because we put out drinks and stuff like it was year round there. Um, and it was just kind of like, hey, you're employed to the equipment room and it's not necessarily a football thing. So you wear a lot more hats, you get a lot more stuff done. I mean, it made those kids a little more well-rounded. None of them really wanted to go into equipment, but there's there's that side of it that I think 
you FBS kids really need to, it's different for you at Western Kentucky, but branch out. I mean, if you can do an internship with a different equipment room on campus, go for it. You know, I mean, if you can ask, even within the football world, just if all you do is helmets, ask to do something else. I mean, especially in the summer, like you're talking about, hey, I need to learn face masks. Great. And I mean, you're you're different that they've let you kind of see what the order process looks like. But for you kids listening that maybe haven't ever placed the order or looked into the inventory system, like, hey, teach me how to use ACS Front Rush or Sports Off, you know, whatever it is, helmet tracker, just whatever inventory software you might have, ask to learn it because those are things that you can put on your resume and those are things that can help you be more well-rounded. For me, that's asking questions is what made me who I was because if I didn't know how to do something, it, it bugged me. So I was I was the annoying student asking my boss a ton of questions there until I, until I got a grasp of everything in the room. Yeah, I mean, definitely that's the one thing. Be a pain in the butt and ask a million questions because if you're that interested in the industry, any halfway decent boss or good boss is going to want to teach you and want to spend time with you and, and show you how to do things. Now, if you're asking the same question every single day, then you're just going to piss me off and I'm just going to tell you to go away. But, you know... <laughs> I mean, staying on top of it and asking questions is huge. But yeah, I mean, it was always it was an interesting thing for me too. I I also went to I was in F, worked at an FCS school as a student, and then jumped back and forth between you know G five and and FCS schools. I mean, I was at Nevada, back down to Georgia Southern, then to Cincinnati, and then I took the head job at Richmond. So you know, I've seen kind of a lot of everything. And the one the one major thing is in it's a lot more rare to see somebody coming out as a student manager on an FCS level, wanting to stay in the business. There's fewer guys that come out to do that. I don't know why that is, but Scott kind of hit the nail on the head though, where we were lucky enough and we had to wear a lot of hats and we got to be immersed in a lot of things. And you know, it was, it was different for us, but everybody has their own, you know, unique path through all of it. You've you've gotten a really good head start in general, which is cool to see. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot to do with the ordering process. It wasn't until I got to Nevada that I really truly understood what really went into, you know, projecting out for the next year because nobody knows what their roster is going to look like. You don't know what your new 18, 20, whatever, how many freshmen you have come in or transfers that are coming in or whoever it may be walk-ons what you know there's a lot of guys that come on to a program every single year and a lot of guys that are leaving a program every year so it's the best guesswork that you can do to have enough and then extra too so you know you don't want to get exactly what you need you always need more because you know something rips something got some guys lose it some guys go give it to their girlfriend because they think it's going to make her stay and not cheat on them I mean, there's a lot of things that that happen to uh, apparel and equipment throughout the year that you always need extras. So, I would say you're definitely ahead of the game. But yeah, I would you know for our, for us the biggest difference on the FCS level coming from smaller schools was you know we were immersed in a lot of different things and had to step in and help with like facilities and we were there to to help the trainers whenever they needed it because we were you know we didn't have a lot of extra help and a lot of extra hands. So um, for most of it, it was kind of all hands on deck, but I would say for you too, I mean, I don't know what your, what your guys situation is like. And I mean, if your trainers suck, then don't do this, but I'm just kidding. We, we love the trainers. 
um, get to, I mean, get to know those people. And, and I mean, on a road game, you guys are all working hard and trying to, to all achieve the same goal. So I know that there have been trainers that'll help, help my guys set the field when I was at Richmond and we helped get their stuff on and off the field as well. I mean, it was, it was a group effort getting things set up on game days and figuring out what they need. So get to know those, get to know those people and your strength staff, your strength staff are some of the coolest people in the world. Yeah. You got anything else? I mean, keep them coming. If, you, if you've got questions, that's, that's kind of what we're here for. We want to help you guys out. Um, do you, do you see your all selves changing anymore? Like going to a different job or you, do you feel like where you are is where you feel comfortable where you're ending at? I mean, I think that's kind of a, that's more of a fluid thing. I think it's, it's rare in any profession that someone graduates, gets a job at, you know, I always go back to this. I can't, I don't know why I can't think of any other examples, but a bank, if you get a job at a bank, uh, chances are you don't have the same desk at the same bank from the time you're 23 years old until you retire at 65 or whatever. So I think most people work at different places. It's just more under the microscope from equipment, because like Patrick said, a lot of people use other schools as stepping stones and, you can you can obviously move on but i think for me it's never been so much about getting to a specific place or a specific level as much as it was i just want to be somewhere um that i can live comfortably make enough money to to support my family comfortably and that you know my wife and i like uh the area and want to spend a long time there raising kids so i leave everything open um if some other opportunity comes up that you know pays better and it's it's a better fit for for my family and our future then I'll, I'll look at that but no i mean i don't think i don't think it's as far as getting out of the industry i'm not looking to do that anytime soon but it's something that's always in the back of your mind i mean obviously patrick did it and there's there's pros and cons to that and there was a really good um once it was last year's convention there was a really good workshop that had um tucker petrie ryan grooms bones with big game and forgetting who the other one was we had one more but they got up there and they were all former equipment guys who were reps now and they talked about you know the grass isn't always greener and and just kind of what's been good for them about getting out of equipment and into the sales game and and what they didn't know going into it because a lot of equipment guys are leaving for for that field that's similar so i think you just got to be open to everything and, and know that right now at you know 21 or 22 what's good for you now may not be good for you at 30. So, you know, you're going to, your opinion on what you want to do and where you want to be is going to change. When I was your age, I wanted to be power five. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, I did an internship at the NFL and, you know, it's the brightest of lights and the biggest of screens. And I'm standing there, you know, on a sideline in London and you're just like, this is really cool, but it's not everything. You know, it was, it was, you miss, you miss certain aspects about the small college feel and, and there's things that, I think it just depends on where you're at in that stage of life. So I think it's pretty fluid. Yeah. And the one thing that I will say about all of that, and it's hard when you're, when you're an equipment manager, because you can end up being a, becoming a head equipment manager and then you've reached kind of a plateau at that, at that particular school. You know what I mean? You could just be considered a head equipment manager and what you may strive for is more at that point. And the, you know, the one thing that, that I will say that I've noticed is you're seeing more equipment managers getting, you know, director of ops roles or associate AD roles so that you have more of a hand in the business side of things and, and you're 
considered an administrator and getting to that point, if you're at an administrative level, then, you know, that could be somewhere that you want to stay and, and you're throwing your hat into, into more places and you're, you're becoming more involved with athletics as a whole, as opposed to just being and only recognized as an equipment manager. And, you know, that was, it got to a point for, for that, for me, um, you know, there were multiple reasons why I ended up getting out of, out of equipment. One of it was to get up closer to my now wife, you know, she was in Northern Virginia and she works uh, a, a job where she needs to be up in this area. So, you know, I had moved around the country a whole bunch and then got a job at Richmond and potentially she was going to move closer and we were going to live somewhere in between where like we could commute. But I had kind of reached a, a plateau and there wasn't going to be any chance to continue to move up or see any type of administrative role or associate AD, assistant AD, whatever it may be. And, you know, when you're strictly viewed as just an equipment manager, you got to really love it and be completely vested in it to do that. And at that point, after doing it for so long, I was like, well, you know, I love my job. I love doing this with the student athletes, but I don't necessarily love going to work every day doing this. So, you know, I made a decision to leave and and I've been lucky enough to stay around the industry and work for for vendors to to continue my work with athletics, which has been nice. It's been great because I still stay involved. But now I have, you know, holidays. I have weekends. I can watch football. I can watch multiple football games on a Saturday and Sunday and not have to spend an 18 hour day setting up a locker room, getting everybody ready for a football game, tearing down a locker room possibly traveling home and then doing four to five hours worth of laundry at night. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot that went into that decision for me to get out of equipment, but I would say, you know, do it until you don't love it anymore. Because when it just becomes a job at that point, if you're not, if you don't wake up in the morning, if you wake up in the morning and you're dreading going to work and you shouldn't be doing it anymore, you know what I mean? It's, it just gets to that point for, for some people and it, it's a it it sucks because like like scott had said sometimes the the grass isn't always greener but you know find something that you you enjoy doing and stick with it so i mean it seems like you really enjoy it right now i don't want to be kind of a downer on it because that was kind of a downer um couple of minutes but (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just the only reason i asked just because uh i know like kentucky's head guy he's been there for like 40 seasons stuff like that but then there's also i know our bsn rep used to be the head guy at western kentucky and he he loves I, he loves doing bsn i was just always wondering like there there are jobs that come out of this whether it's becoming a rep for bsn or going to kind of help nike type things like help our like a nike rep so i was just just wondering like if your career like if you feel like equipment was going to be the rest of your career if you felt like there's other things out there so no, there are definitely things, other things out there. And I, I will say this, had I never met my wife and, you know, gone through everything that, you know, we went through, I mean, we were a long distance relationship for a long time. She lives in Northern Virginia. I met her when I got, when I got to Cincinnati and I was there for two years, two and a half years, and then moved to Richmond to get closer to her. I, I'd probably still be at Cincinnati right now. Yeah. You know, I was you know, went there as an assistant, ended up basically as the head football equipment manager by the end of it. And, 
you know, my boss was a year or two removed from leaving and I probably, you know, would have stayed there working football or if I would have gotten the head job, you know, as like the director of equipment ops, then, you know, that's awesome too. But I would have loved to stay there. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it there more than, more than anything. I loved that. I mean, it's hard for me to say in the middle of the Rust Belt that you can love a place, but I loved Cincinnati. I love the people I work with. And I mean, we had Brian Coslin on, we did an interview with him earlier and, you know, he was our, our SID and had so much fun working with him too. I mean, there's countless people. I mean, I could probably get 20 people on here to, to interview that, that I worked with when I was there. Cause we just had so much fun and it was, it was an enjoyable time. So there's, you know, there's, there's bright side to every job and there's terrible things about every job. I mean, that's just part of it. I mean, we have to do laundry. I mean, we have to do yep. kids. I mean, seriously, kids laundry on a daily basis, but for the mama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there are so many fun parts about the job that I, I mean, I miss equipment uh, plain and simple. I do. I do miss working in equipment, working in college athletics. So take that for what it is. But I, I feel like you are already vested in it and you've learned so much already as a student that, you know, you're going to have a bright future in, in the industry. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Just be fluid. Just be, just be open to whatever and just go wherever. I mean, you're, um, sounds corny, but like your heart's going to take you, you know I mean? If you don't love it, like Patrick said, then it's probably telling you, you know, you might should look for something else and just follow whatever it is that, that you're kind of feeling, you know, for, for Patrick, it, you know, you could say it was, you know, getting, to be closer to his wife and, and, and doing the sales thing. But I think for a lot of people, they would say, you know, they, they got something that was in a different industry. I mean, a lot of people that are going into ops or recruiting or, you know, different fields of athletics or, you know, moving across campus and doing something in, with student affairs and things like that. I mean, they're just going with where they feel like they're being called to be. And that's something you got to keep open. I mean, we're doing this now, but who knows, maybe five years from now, we'll just be doing this podcast and, and that'll be the full-time job and we won't be doing equipment anymore and no one will care what we have to say about it. So, Yeah, that, that means people start listening more. Tell your friends, tell your family. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, if you don't, you know, if you don't have any other questions for us, we can go ahead and we can wrap this up and let you get on with the rest of your weekend. And I mean, what is it? Three, three o'clock there for you? Yeah, three. It's time to start drinking, my friend. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Um, we're, we're really excited about this series. We're having fun with it. So I, I think we, we have to give Western Kentucky the shout out. Cause I mean, three of you guys emailed us, I think it was somebody, it was like two or three, right, Pat, that were from Western Kentucky. I was like, well, we got to have one of these kids on. So you're the lucky one that it was that at least, it was at least two and you were the first one to email us. So you can brag to all your, all your other student managers that, that you're, <laughs> the, you're the lucky winner. Need to get them a poster or something to put in the clubhouse since, since apparently the Western Kentucky students are, are big fans of the podcast. They all seem to listen and tweet at us. So we need to get them something to put up in the clubhouse. Jeez. We're going to, so Scott, uh, you know, you had maybe talked about this. I think it might've been off, off of air and off recording, but we need to um, get a decal made so that we can send them to everybody. And oh, I agree. Get some helmets made up. Get some helmets made up. Hey, but, hey, that, I'm all about the uh, collecting. I love trading footballs, decals, stuff like that. You guys are the worst. We are like sports memorabilia pack rats. 
<laughs> oh, I have I have half of a storage unit full of sports memorabilia, memorabilia that whenever it is that we do end up selling this house and moving, I'm going to have an entire like two rooms full of just stuff. One's going to be for where we do like the recording. I'm going to have stuff behind me and then the rest of it's going to be just like an entire quote unquote man cave. It's going to be go. great. Uh, every every time during the season, my goal is always to get a football or decal from every team that we played. And like last year, my boss was lucky enough. Like he, I was lucky enough that he was like, all right, you can give one away, give a football away. Here's some decals. And every time I'd come home, I'd go back to Louisville. My mom, I'd be like, yeah, look at these footballs. Just got a bag of footballs. I just love seeing all the different styles of footballs, decals and and their logos on it. Yep. It's always something different. We always got to do something different, man. But yeah, seriously, thanks for your time. Good luck with everything. Stay in touch with us. Let us know, you know, how, how your senior season goes and and what you have lined up. And, you know, we say this we say this to everybody that's kind of come on. If you if you ever have questions, if you ever need any help with anything or, you know, when you're when you're applying for jobs, let us know. There, you know, could possibly a good chance that we may know somebody there and would help put in a a word for you and whether that helps or not. But you know, if it's Scott putting in a word, it might not help you. It might work in <laughs> All right, man. Might not work in favor for you, but uh, seriously, stay in touch with us. Let us know. And again, like I said, if you have questions or if anything else comes up for you that, you know, as you're working through the season where you want to know something, um, you know, we've both been through a lot. So we'd love we'd love to help you guys. And that doesn't just go for Clint. That goes for kind of anybody in the industry, student wise or assistant, full time GA interns, all of you guys. I mean, we've we want to make this a, a real community and and a family as, as equipment managers as a whole. So, you know, we're all working together to, to achieve the same goal, to take care of the student athlete and put on the best product we can on the field. So. All right, guys. Yeah, man. No problem. We appreciate everybody listening and we'll see you guys next week. Sounds good. See you guys.